Welcome to Babe Patrol, the podcast about finding your mom's secret stash of Virginia Slim 100s. Oh my god! Ashley? Uh, pretty good. Um, I spent a lot of the week binging all of the episodes that are out of this podcast called Mother Country Radicals. And it is about the Weather Underground. And all I had known about the Weather Underground prior to listening to this podcast is that they had done some bombings and that no one died. And I just like sort of wrote them off as like a domestic terrorist group, like, mm-hmm. uh, or just like militant hippies, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but this podcast is like pretty incredible. It gives the history. It's actually done by this guy named Zaid, who's the son of uh, Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers, who were like Bernadine was one of the, I think one of the founders of SDS and um, and definitely one of the founders of the Weather Underground. Like she hmm. was like in charge and, uh, and Bill was in it too. And he was born when they were underground, when they wow. had to go underground to flee the FBI. And so he's got his parents on tape. He's got like tons of other people from the Weather Underground on tape. Everyone's in their late 70s. And I didn't know that the Weather Underground was so tightly connected to the Black Panthers. And so there's a lot of really rich history, oral history of the Black Panther Party, too. There's a few Panthers on this. Angela Davis is in this podcast. Um, Yeah. So I, you know, I want to talk about this in a like safe way and I want the FBI who are listening to our tiny podcast to know that I'm not advocating in any way shape or form militant bombings um, in response to political circumstances in the United States currently however I will say um, that I was really inspired by like the fervor um, that these like young activists felt and I was like you know just really inspired by how how strongly they believed in what they were doing and how they were just willing to truly try to transform America. And I really, I can't put enough caveats around that and like how much I don't want to bomb people. <laughs> and don't much... send an agent to our door in yeah. the, unless it's Dale Cooper, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to have to do with some of my gossip too, weirdly okay. enough, just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just like, you know, part of what is so exciting about it is that, you know, because because this podcaster Zaid has so many firsthand sources, you can really, you can just, I mean, they also have so many like newsreel clippings and audio, like recorded audio from the underground. You just feel really in it. I just feel yeah. extremely in it. And I can't wait for the next episodes. And I'm just, yeah, it's, it's intense. And also like, it's also just one of those things where I really feel like we have been disconnected from the history of social movements in America because it is in the best interest of like status quo for us mm-hmm. not to know yeah. about social movements. And I'd like to just point out my own personal ignorance in not like seeking this information out from sources that are undoubtedly out there and that, you know, I am like prepped to do so now. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway. There was a documentary about the Weather Underground that came out. I feel mm. like it was when I was in college. Oh, cool. And we all went to see it. I mean, this is a long time ago. I think it was when I was still living in Baltimore. Um, and I remember being quite good. So that might be something to look Great, into if you. you're 
learning if you're <clears throat> learning if you're if you're yeah. looking to I'm learning find other sources yeah I'll be yeah learning just wasn't the word I was going for. yeah 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 learning other sources finding yeah. other sources yeah I got you that's great yeah um, well, what about you what have you been up to this week well so I think I actually mentioned this book in our first episode that I was excited to read it um, and it is finally out this week as of recording anyway um, so I finally picked up Night of the Living Res which is a new book the first book by this author Morgan Talty, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Mm. Sorry if it's incorrect. And he is a citizen of the Penobscot Nation. And it has been compared to heart medicine, like over love and over, me- get, over again. Or love medicine. Sorry. Yeah, it's, that's cool. I always get confused with heartberries, which is, oh. have you read that one? <laughs> no. Oh my God. I have to bring that for you. <laughs> okay. Heartberries is like one of the most beautiful things I've ever read, oh. along with love medicine, but also another native writer, indigenous writer. I can't remember exactly how she identifies. Yeah. Um, Teresa Marie Mailhot. It's the writing is unlike anything I've ever read. Oh, but anyway, beautiful. great. So this young guy, Morgan Talty, um, I've read like the only the first two chapters, but the writing's incredible. It got blurbed by everybody. Uh-huh. And when I went to the bookstore the week that it released, or like two days after it released, there was only one copy left. And so it was yours. I was like, get <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but there's this also this great new little bookstore in York if you're ever up that way. Oh, sweet. Which we haven't. I think ever had a bookstore. That's um, amazing. Yeah, and it's in this cute little standalone building right on Route One. Nice. Um, I would totally recommend you going What's the in name there. Of it? At first, so I pulled up this picture of the bookstore in York, and the front of it just says bookstore. Oh, that's cool. So <laughs> I thought that was the name of it, but it's called the Book Tenders. The Book Tenders. Yeah. Wow, that's great. And so cute. Apparently, word on the street is. Um, that the I think it's a, a married couple here. that owns yeah right? <laughs> a married couple that owns it but there is um, a, a man who works there who like loves giving recommendations for children's books and like middle readers and knows a lot about all of that world so it's a good place to bring your kids as well he like gave my niece like fifty recommendations based on like one series that she really loves so nice. I love a good bookstore yeah like that's that. great yeah, yeah I love that. So you got your copy and you've been reading it this week? Yes, and I recommend everybody get a copy because it's already like so beautiful, really beautiful. So Ashley, do you have any gossip? Yeah, but you can't tell anyone. Damn. <laughs> um, okay, so this gossip actually comes from high school. <laughs> this was something that I remembered randomly while I was laying on the couch one of these nights. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe that happened. I have to tell Lauren. And so now I'm telling all of you guys too. So I went to high school up in northern New Hampshire, like far reaches. Um, I lived in, I grew up in Franconia and my high school was in Bethlehem. And it was so small. It, the high school is called Profile Junior Senior High School. It is Tihihini, um, and it's four towns. I mean, this is like a very sparsely populated area. Like the town I grew up in finally broke a thousand while I was growing up there <laughs> in terms of population. Um, and our school, like I said, is a public school from four with four towns. And my graduating class was a class of 49. So that should tell you how small we are. And our school has like its own set of mythology. Like it was built, I think, in the 70s. And it was built with like 
the possibility of having solar panels, but they built it backwards so it didn't actually catch the sun. <laughs> and also it was built on this giant leech field swamp combo situation. So the, the story was always that our high school was sinking into this swamp um, and was never level. And it also in the 70s, it was um, started as a wallless school. Oh. So wallless classrooms. So everyone was like supposed to be like sort of communal learning however they learned quickly that like that's a lot of noise and confusion mm -hmm. and so then they ended up putting up like fabric walls and stuff and then they built walls into the school <laughs> so just like a really weird like cool strange lefty area and that's due to a big chunk of the population coming out of Franconia College, which we'll talk about another time. But anyway, so this was just like, I think, an experimental high school situation kind of gone a little bit awry. So anyway, that's not the gossip. That's just a little <laughs> background for you so you can locate yourself in this story. Um, I'm going to need two fake names for this story, both of which are guys. So I'm wondering if you could come up with those. Reginald? No, no. Okay. Oh, All right. That sounds great. All right. Okay. Reginald. Um, and Corey. Reginald and Corey. Okay. So, you can shorten to Reg. I won't okay, be offended. Right on. So Reg and Cor. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reggie and Corey, they are buds. They're tight buds. And we are in 10th grade. And this is like kind of the early-ish days of the internet. I graduated from high school in 99. And so when I was in 10th grade then... I don't know, back that up a couple of years. Okay, so we're talking like pretty early, pretty early days of the internet. Yeah. But we have the internet at school. Mm -hmm. People have the internet at home. Not everybody does. And so Reggie and Corey are pretty into the internet, not in like a super duper way, but they definitely understand it. They've got email addresses and they're emailing each other. They're ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah right. I don't, I don't really know where the curve is. And it's so hard to know where the curve was when we were like up by freaking Canada. So... They're emailing each other, and one of them emails the other one about how much he hates Bill Clinton, <laughs> and the other, <laughs> like, join the club. But, like, I didn't know that then. I didn't know he was bad then. But so they email one of them. I, let's say Reg, Reggie emails Corey that he hates Bill Clinton, and Corey's like, oh, my God, totally. Like, we should kill him. And the other one's like, we totally should. Okay? Like, easy back and forth email. They're just, like, joking. They're in 10th grade. They give zero shits. No incredible threat there. But the Secret Service came to our high school. The Secret Service came to our wallless experimental sinking into the swamp backwards facing high school in 1997 to interview Reginald and Corey to see if they were a credible threat on Bill Clinton's life. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they were probably already in New Hampshire campaigning anyway, so they were like, we'll just take a hippity hop from Concord up to Franconia. God. Oh, yeah. what was that like? Well, I didn't get to see them whatsoever. Many of us didn't. I think it like, I don't They're know that how it, secret. We huh? just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like really good at their job. Yeah, extremely <laughs> secret. They only move in shadows. <laughs> but anyway, so I didn't get to see them. I don't know anything about they weren't. Reginald and Corey were not allowed to say a word about the interview or what went down. And I think their parents were there. And they have, like, the whole place has been pretty lock safe with the gossip. I actually DM'd four women who I went to high school with to be like, what do you know about this story? And first of all, I just have to say, I'm not tight friends with any of these folks really from high school. But, like, we follow each other on Instagram. And I was like, 
I mean, they all watch my stories. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, and we've seen I have seen a couple of them a few times since graduation. Now we have graduated. This is 20 years ago. I graduated. No. 20 plus 20 Holy more <laughs> 20 more like. <laughs> so many years so long ago um so like whatever we're not tied friends but every single one of them read my dms and i'm like yo do you remember this story about reginald and Corey?" only one person responded and then we had a back and forth about it trying to remember the details and everyone else read every single message but none of the other ones responded and i was like you know guys just give me like just say like i don't remember i don't know but i was like oh they want to see what the story is but they do not want to take part so interesting saying i'm sure not afraid of of the secret service yeah exactly (laughs) maybe they were read in on the secret service secret (laughs) but anyway so what happened what happened to them did they get charged with anything no they didn't and i don't know if they had any like minor parole stuff but nobody like went to juvie none of that i think they just got like Probably it was scary enough, like being called to speak with the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure they were like, we will never do anything again. Yeah. But I don't remember them ever having any other consequences. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if they had like some sort of consequence on their internet usage for a while, but that was yeah. never made explicit. I do not know anything about it. Like so. zero cool. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> 20 plus years later, they're finally back on the internet. Mess with the best. Die like the rest. (laughs) Oh my God. I loved that movie. That's Hackers for those of you who don't know. And if you 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 don't know, if you you don't know, you got to. Yeah. You got to watch. Do you have any gossip? Well, I... One thing I wanted to say about yeah. your story is just a little aside that one time I was at Barnacle Billy's in a gunfight, which, <laughs> which is like for deep the- memory of yeah. Barnacle Billy's. I've only ever had a couple of buckets there, but I also, but I do remember you having to walk me up a portion of the marginal way because yes. I was so you had, drunk. Yeah, because you had, had one rum punch. One rum punch, and I was yes. like, you gotta walk up the marginal way. I cannot even possibly do anything else right now. And I do remember one time having to have like a palliative plate of fries after after barnacle billy is with yes, you that. at a different restaurant and i lost an earring that day <laughs> that's the barnacle billy's experience just so everyone right knows there. i'm sober now just like, so you know <laughs> my most my, my most uh, experienced drinking friends will be like don't let me have more than one of billy's rum punches so yeah we used to go there a lot it's this great little like they have a deck it's by there you know overlooks the lobster boats and it's very scenic and lovely. So I was sitting at the corner table there, which is the most coveted table in the whole place mm-hmm. with like four friends. And we had just gotten our rum punches and then up the, up the gangway from this big boat come all these suited men that turn out to be secret service. Oh my God. And they sweep in and barnacle billies. Yes, because so they sweep in and kick us out of our table. Um, and they're like, we're sitting here now, basically. And I was wow. like, oh, okay. Wow. And then come the bushes off of the boat and up to Barnacle Billy's. And because they can take their boat from their compound in Kenny Bunkport, you know, hop very quickly down to Barnacle Billy's. Sorry, Kel Bush, senior or junior? Senior. Oh, old yes. Bush. Yes. Ancient Bush. Yes, ancient Bush. Um, <laughs> That's what they call me on Hinge. <laughs> on Hinge these days. <laughs> okay okay um yes um and they come up bush senior bush senior 
Uh, okay, keep going. The original George Bush <laughs> and Barbara come up and like sit on the the deck at Billy's and like I think the people who own Billy's are either like friends with them or politically aligned or something. Yeah, but sure. It's kind of like come by any time and you can sit wherever you want. I yeah. mean, it makes sense, sort of. Um. So anyway. We lost our really great seat to the fucking Secret Service. <laughs> they didn't even give a good table to George Bush and Barbara Bush. Oh, they gave the good table to the Secret Service. Well, yeah, there were more of them, and it was a bigger table. And also, it's probably because it's the most exposed table, so they could yeah. take the bullets. They could take, they could take both <laughs> angles. They yeah. could see both angles. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure. But anyway. That is my little, wild. My little Secret Service story. Wow. That is wild. I can't believe you got bounced by the Secret Service. I know. That's quite a night. Anyway. Yeah. Do you have any uh, You have any gossip you want to share? Well, I have just a little something to share that a I thought was funny. A little tidbit? Mm-hmm. It is um, an advertisement of, for something for sale. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so this is like on, printed on actual newspaper. It looks like it's from like Uncle Henry's or something like that. Okay. And it says, two wood caskets. Adult size, one built to stand on end with shelves until needed. Oh, man. When needed, lay it down. (laughs) Both have lids, $200 or $300 with shelves. Oh, my God. That is dark. This is from Arcadia, Florida. (laughs) Wow. Was this on, like, Craigslist or something? Where did you find this? I just found it. Like, somebody posted it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, again, not verified. But they did. There is, like, the mark where they've blacked out, like, the person's name. So, Mm. um, it just... When you need it, just lay it down. Like, when you need it, you're dead. You can't yeah. just lay it down. Well, if you're feeling poorly, you could take all the books down, remove the shelves, and just lay down in the casket yourself and wait for your for you to die. And then hope the lid drops on its own. Exactly. That's my that's my very little piece of gossip this week. It's hilarious. I did see like a a satirical post a while ago. That one looks real, but mm-hmm. I saw a satirical post about like um, a bookshelf that that converts into a casket as well, a coffin, a wooden coffin, and I was like, oh, "That's nice." <laughs> hey, oh like God. if you're goth, I could see the appeal. Hundred percent. How's the uh, dating app life over there? Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so pleased you asked because <laughs> I have something that I'd like to bring up and that I just want to discuss with you. I, you know, I think I understand this, but I am not completely certain. And so I want to bring you in on this discussion here. You undoubtedly have run across this on dating apps because I have seen this a thousand different ways a thousand different times when someone says looking for something real or looking for someone real. Mm-hmm. Okay. Real as a concept. <laughs> I like what? Um, <laughs> what does yeah, that mean? Yeah. And so I think like I ran across one um, about me section that I was like, oh, this may actually sort of describe some of this, um, like what that might mean for at least some of the cohort mm-hmm. of people who say it. Um, and this is his about me section. There's a lot in here that I like. Okay. Work hard, play hard, relax hard. You guys know I hate work hard, play hard. <laughs> this guy's already okay. off to a great start with you. He's also a medical device salesman, okay. <laughs> which, I, which I, whenever I see that, Kinky. I'm like, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Work hard, play hard, relax hard. Outdoors, active, social, fitness, foodie, dog dad. 
not into wasting my time, please. Ask away. I am not shy. This is actually a link of all. This is like a list of all of the cliches on dating apps, TVH. Okay. Ask away. I am not shy. Trust me on that one. Looking for the real deal. Please don't be all filtered and fake pictures. We want to see the real you! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. So... I did think that that was one direct way to say like that, like not wanting filters. And I have Mm -hmm. seen people say that before, too. And I totally get it. Like we are actually trying to like look at one another, I guess. And so when you have like a dog filter on or you have like, you know, lots of obfuscating filters or if you don't have any real photos of yourself, I guess I, I can understand that sort of request. But I don't think that that's all of it. And I saw another one that well, I'll re- I'll sh- read you this one in a little bit. But so I so I got like that idea. But I'm certain that that's not all of it. So what are your thoughts on real? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on real, but I'm also curious like the whole filter thing like kind of blows my mind because my feeling and maybe some people don't ever meet these people in person, but I'm like right, yeah. eventually you were going to meet them filterless. Right. And for me, maybe it's different for people who have been like traditionally hot their whole lives. Yeah, no shit. But I feel like meeting somebody, even if you've been very realistic on your dating profile, is stressful for like most yeah. people. Uh-huh. And like to me, like knowing that I had a filter on a photo that made me look a certain way, even if it was just like slightly less, fewer pores or something, you yeah, know, yeah, um, would make that initial experience so much more stressful. I yeah. don't know why anyone would do that to themselves. So mm-hmm. that's always been my question about that. But and I bet that that functions differently for different people. I'm, I'm sure, sure that there does. Yeah, because I'm... Because I think I, some people are just like, well, yeah, like I'm traditionally good looking and like I'm, you know, I'm going to show up and it will be fine. Exactly. Know? And then there's also people who potentially are like, I truly can't even look at myself as I am in reality anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's so like for whatever reason, you know, for it's whatever psychological reason. It is yep, the yep. other person. That's a good point. And then I think there's also like potentially age is different too like I think the generation younger than us and and the generation younger than that are possibly so used to filtering stuff that Mm -hmm. like it actually just doesn't even enter into the calculus of whether or not you're going to date somebody like people can kind of see through a filter in some ways there might be like a differing way of of digesting the filter than for us and then I also think like there are lots of people just like you just said who are never planning to meet people in real life Mm -hmm. and are just sort of like looking to connect in a texty way or something and so they're just looking to put cute photos up I guess and it may be more about like validation through likes than it is about um, yeah yeah it's interesting you say about the filters and the younger generations because I think I can see that being true but I also one thing I love about even younger millennials and then gen z and probably the generation after them although they're too young for me to know anything about at this point I love that they're really pushing for this like authenticity in online spaces in a way that like our older millennials Mm -hmm. and gen xers plus I think have always struggled with because we haven't known how to play in that space and be authentic and it's been scary and it's just so much about well we've been having this like curated Mm -hmm. um presentation of your life oh a hundred percent and we've been like the the generation about like whether you're a poser or not and what real authenticity is and fake authenticity and we've been gatekeeping and like attacking each other for our entire lives for who is real who is real and who is not real yes and i love the younger generation for that reason like i 
I just yeah. I know the younger generations get a lot of crap. And that's just always, no matter what generation you're in. When you were young, you got crap from the older generations. But I think that that is just a really beautiful thing about them. So, but yeah. I haven't thought about the filters thing. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I just, but talk yeah. about coming back to real. I guess my yeah. idea of real is um, like be yourself. Like uh-huh. to me that that, like if I read that, that's kind of what that says. Like mm-hmm. whoever, whatever real means to you, like bring it because mm-hmm. I want to see that. There's also, um, as you just said that, I suddenly uh, would like to bring a um, gender theory lens in here. Oh, yes. Because I think there actually might be a certain privilege for, like, inhabiting specifically heterosexual relationships. I think this is that when this is queered, it's probably completely different. And I wouldn't know. So, very interested in your takes on this, everyone. But. So many times I think women in relationships get sort of pressed into this, like, um, try to be attractive to the man. And mm-hmm. you do, like, a lot of, uh, of like, pressing. feminization of yourself. Well, and pressing yourself into certain boxes to mm-hmm. be more appealing. And you also are, you know, hiding certain parts of yourself and highlighting other parts of yourself. It's, it is like a personality filter, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some male gaze stuff there. We won't get into all of that. But just like, I th- feel like when men are demanding be real, I think it's interesting because I'm like, I don't know if we're allowed to. Mm. Like, I don't know if we have the space to. And also, I don't know if we'll still be attractive to you if we are. And also, whose problem is that? Hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um And that the level of confidence it takes to just like thrust yourself out there and all of your realness all at once and then just expect that you will be like accepted and desired and interesting to whomever you're trying to date. That's like a level of confidence that it might be crazy to expect Mm -hmm. out of someone. Yeah. (laughs) And also like I like that they want that. I think, you know, if that's the ask, if it's like I would really like to get to know the real you, that is that's a lovely ask. And also I'm like, wow, it's so interesting to me that maybe men can maybe men are much more able to like portray the real them than Mm -hmm. we are. But it is a little bit like a male led society has pushed you into these expectations and now I'm saying I'm I'm judging you based on the on whether or not you take on those expectations. Yeah. And so it's a little bit of that. But I mean not to go down too totally. too far down. And a can you be path Yeah, here, exactly. But... And can you be real while also still being feminine and the, <laughs> right. and still like can you be real and I still want to have sex with you? <laughs> right, right. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. It is interesting. There's a lot there and we don't have to unpack that in this podcast, but definitely worth talking about and thinking about. Yeah. I found this other um profile I think he's trying to reveal some of his realness in his about us section. And he does this thing where he writes a sentence and then says real afterwards with a certain number of asterisks. Wow. And so I would like to read it to you. It's got a real beat poetry sort of flavor. (laughs) Um, Exactly. I'm ready. My snappers are ready. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Here's his about me section. I'll be obedient to your demands if you're obedient to my desires. Real. One asterisk. Failed as a husband. Failed as a father. Real. Two asterisks. Ask me why and you'll know my deepest secret. From there we grow. Real. Three asterisks. I don't wow. totally. Do the asterisks lean to anything? Is there a footnote? I looked. I actually looked for a footnote. <laughs> no footnote, tragically. Oh, man. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know what that means. Well, that's some hard honesty. That is some hard honesty. That is some something. immediate also vulnerability. Some 
Yeah. It's <laughs> like know, dark and sexual right out of the gate. Yeah, dark and sexual. I did not swipe the good way on this one. Yeah. Because um, I do not feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but dark I will and just shame say, are not really your like color palette. Well, I actually feel like I do a lot. I talk a lot about shame with my sex and love partners. Um, but 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 it's not like it doesn't strike me as something like intriguing to you like i mean right well like, i this, talking about it and then being like uh, like basing your identity on your own shame are two very different things that's exactly right yeah like you, in a good relationship you should be able to talk about yeah. shame right exactly and but i am definitely like i don't think we're gonna have we're not gonna go out and like have we're not gonna go to the beach and like have a really fun day together <laughs> i don't feel i yeah, feel what, what a date with that guy be? what is the date like i think the date is actually that we take like bone cutters open up our sternums and show each other our deepest hearts or something but not in a good way in an ouchy way i'm <laughs> picturing it the- i'm possibly doing a lot of emotional caretaking in this connection i feel yes i think that that is probably <laughs> correct i'm picturing first date being at there was this like goth club in seattle i think it was oh. called the mercury Nice. And it was something, let me tell you. Yes. <laughs> it was very fun to go, but it was like a lot of like heavy electronic music and like men in leather pants. Nice. Which sometimes is just what you're looking for. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, thanks for entertaining my questions about realness. And I'm okay. sure that we can go I'm even sure deeper we can on come that. Back to that. Oh yeah. my God. Totally. There's a lot. It's like such a simple answer and it doesn't really say a lot about the person and what they're looking for. Yeah. And it says a lot. I also just want to, for funsies, I would like to give you another Virgo reading profile. <laughs> yes. yes. As a reminder, <laughs> Virgo is very classically um, really structured, very organized, really um, good brains. <laughs> and um, and like like rules, like a structure, you know? And so, um, <laughs> but also tend to have like particularities, have mm-hmm. really particular needs and wants and uh usually like clear clean freak stuff like that okay so um i read this little virgo's profile i just have to read it to you because it's so sweet um this is a classic like virgo being moderate i mean this, <laughs> this virgo even lists themselves as moderate politically okay. <laughs> my dream has always been to meet my soulmate at applebee's trivia night but this isn't a bad backup plan i suppose I live in the cozy town of Wells and work at Portsmouth Naval Shipyard. I like medium walks on the beach, and I still talk about the 1990s like they were yesterday. And that's the whole profile. <laughs> and I, I was love like, that. I like medium Apple- walks on the beach. <laughs> I am a moderate political person who likes medium walks on the beach. Oh, my God. And I live in a cozy town called Wells. Yeah. Uh. Cute. Okay. This is a profile with no jokingness on it. Okay. okay. It's not no like jokes. there's no, it's on hinge. So again, people have very little space to like actually answer these prompts, you right. know, like several tweets essentially. Um, but still like you can convey like a sense of humor throughout. So something like this might land in that situation, but this was not the case. Yeah. So this is a guy who's 60. He, I showed it to some friends yesterday and they described him as, um, like if Anthony Bourdain had an older brother who was like a tax accountant, like oh, wowie, yeah. <laughs> like a, a like a straight laced like more boring version, mm-hmm. but sort of Bourdain esque in his in his build and a little bit in his face. Okay, 
All right. So no interesting answers. Tax accountant answers, basically. Yeah. Not to say there aren't interesting tax accountants of course. out there. Yeah. No, of course. Sorry to the thousands of tax accountant yes. listeners we have out there. So sorry, LCPAs. <laughs> Love you. Excel. <laughs> Thank you for doing my taxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for Virgos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So this guy says, my favorite line from a movie. That is the prompt he's answering. You love it. And his answer is, it puts the lotion in the basket <laughs> or it gets the hose again. One, first of all. What? That's not, first of all, that's not the line. Okay, so and, uh, get it right. Yeah. And then second of all, why is that your favorite line, you scary motherfucker? What are you Holy doing? Shit. What are you doing? I like. I can't even tell if this is supposed to be a joke or if this is like... Yeah. I, why on a dating profile? I feel like every why time. Why on a dating profile? You are referencing kidnapping a woman to put her in a hole to, st- to kill her and steal her skin and wear it. No, it's not hot. Yeah. I don't want to go on a date with you. Yeah. Are you joking? Fuck no. Danger. It, for anyone listening who doesn't already know this, dating is a dangerous sport for women. Exactly. At all in the first place. Like, you do everything you can to make sure they feel safe because they know they aren't. Yeah. Like, I would. Yeah. Oh. What the actual age? Yeah, just I would like you to look at this guy know. and see if my description. Oh my god! So I just have to tell you that this is an immediate swipe the bad way because he is sta- he is a man standing in like what looks like sort of a country chic or or like shabby chic room that has like a white chair rail and um, a mint green wall like painting above that and he's standing in front of the white door with the door closed behind him and around him are like some nice little relics like a you know a vase of daffodils uh, a family photo in a frame what looks like it's probably like the word love in four different panels framed next to the door and then there's also a giant Oh, maybe a giant, but like at least 18 inches sizable iron cross hanging next to the door. And then he's standing in front of it in a full black tailored suit with a navy blue tie and a a white crisp white Oxford shirt. And he's standing akimbo. His arms are like off to the sides. His hands are open and he's staring directly into (laughs) the camera with a tiny half smile he looks like an agent from the matrix who's trying to make a dating profile <laughs> who's like he looks like i'm trying he's not to catch wearing, you like a futuristic leather trench no coat. he's not it's no it definitely looks like i'm trying to catch you yes yeah. this scares me yeah this, this actually sets off some alarm bells for yeah. me it, it's a, definitely a swipe the bad way Yee, swipe the bad way see ya bye <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Do you have any red flags that came up for you this week? I have a red flag. Yes, for sure. Um, In fact, I would like you just to describe... Here, I took a screenshot. Why don't you describe this photo? All right. This is a Caucasian man who looks... Caucasian. (laughs) White dude. Yep. This is a white dude who would probably be upset that I called him that. Um... He is dressed in full SWAT gear. He looks tall, bearded, receding hairline, but maybe like a little bit of a mohawky thing or some kind of like deep fade on the side that goes into gel spikes. Gel spikes, <laughs> or it's a little hard to see the top of his head. It could, mm-hmm. it also could be this haircut that I often refer to that I think is like was very fashionable, like for a short period of time and then got like taken over by the alt right. Oh, like the Macklemore haircut. Uh huh. 
you know, it's like fade to like longer on the top kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be one of those. So he's wearing full, a full, full SWAT gear, like bulletproof vest that says SWAT really big on it. And then a handgun strapped across his chest in the SWAT vest. And he is, he is, he has nice eyebrows. Um, and he, <laughs> they're full and well-structured. Um, and he is staring directly into the camera with kind of like a placid smirk on his yeah. face. Like he, he actually has very kind looking eyes. Hmm. Yeah. But my yeah, red, yeah. Real intense photo. My red flag is like that there's hand gun guns, to his guns in profile, guns yeah. in profile period. I think it's weird. I understand like in some of the rural areas that I might hit sometimes in these profiles, like if somebody's holding a rifle and they're they're hunting that's something that that contextually makes sense to me but in the context of a dating profile why are you putting a and it's also kind of a decorative handgun it's white mm-hmm. with like steel gray accents and i just i guess i'm and and below the swat there's um a patch with like a cob a red cobra that looks like, insignia. It's very vaginal though. Yeah, <laughs> like it is really. That's vaginal. why what I just zoomed in on because I was like, is what is yeah, this? It's like, like a is cobra's it... head, but it basically looks like labia. Yeah. with red stripes coming right, which it. kind of makes me look like vagina dentata. And so if <laughs> yes. he was if he was <laughs> actually with his um with his patch, if he was claiming allegiance, he's a defender of abortion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yes. If he turned out to be a militant defender of abortion rights, then I change my mind completely and I <laughs> swipe the good way. But in that case, you need to put that in your profile immediately. But anyway, yeah, I'm like, anytime you're choosing handguns or like if there's handguns or like semi-automatic or automatic rifleage, <laughs> any of that stuff, I'm like, this is swipe the bad way. Like you're a cuckoo. I don't like. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Don't put it in your profile. Yeah. And or some actually, women are thank into you. that, but it ain't me. Yeah. yeah. Actually, thank you for putting it in your profile, to be honest. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just it definitely makes me feel deep concern. Have you ever dated anybody who, who carried regularly? No, I did go on a date with a guy who <laughs> on our first date at the Black Bean oh my God. <laughs> told me that he was actually a little bit of a white collar arms dealer. Oh. And I was like Okay. That's a black bean. Yeah. Can you explain the black bean to those? Yeah. <laughs> the, okay. This place does not exist anymore, unfortunately. Tragically, COVID stole it, and it was my most favorite haunt. Yeah. It's just it was just our like local breakfast place up in Rollinsford, where like you saw all your friends mm-hmm. and you knew and everyone knew your name and you like knew in everyone. A tiny town. Tiny. Rollinsford is like four brick buildings. Yeah. And and you and knew one mill. Yeah. yeah, and you'd run into a lot of people you know from all over the region. Like, it takes a while to get to Rollinsford from anywhere because Rollinsford is nowhere unless you live right over the water like Lauren and I used to and you could walk to the Black Bean. But otherwise, like, you, but you see tons of people you know. You know everyone who's working in the kitchen. Your the owner also everybody. had his own podcast that Ashley and I used to yeah, listen to. Totally. We Your daily it. fill. Your daily <laughs> fill. Oh, the best. Anyway, so... At, so it's like deep. It's like deeply chill. I mean, we're talking like deeply chill environment. And sometimes you would wait an hour and a half for eggs, and you don't care because you see all your friends. Yeah, like and they're perfectly chill. cooked, when and you they're get them. perfectly cooked. God, Phil, mm-hmm. kill an egg in the best way. Yes. Ugh. But um, who's been known to send eggs out and then walk out and take them back? Yeah, because he feels like they aren't correct. Yeah, like, especially a poach. <laughs> a and so poach. you now waited on 
an hour and a half to get your table, sat down, ordered, got your food, and then Phil whisks it back away because the poach is not perfect. I also don't want to say, I feel like if Phil ever heard this, he would die the number of times we've now said an hour and a half. Like, that was not normal. It actually was no, no. usually very rapid good service. It's just that every once Absolutely. in a while, you would be like, Always whoa, this good. is a weird yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, and, and But you also gave zero shits because you had so much fun. Right. And it was always great. And the food was always amazing. Top fucking shelf. Yeah. Phil would wake up at like 1 a.m. to go down and bake this like cinnamon swirl bread that, oh my fucking God. And he, and he sliced that bread so thick and it would come out as a toast with like the so much butter melted on it. God, you just want to murder it. So good. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're at the Black Bean. We're sitting outside and this dude is like, you know, we're talking this was a terrible date in so many ways so many things went wrong i'd love to tell you the whole full story sometime but basically he's like yeah i'm i have over a thousand guns i'm a white collar arms dealer and i was like oh my god wow yeah 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 anyway have you will you carry i don't carry oh okay i mean i own guns but yeah. i don't like yeah, I don't okay. concealed or open sorry. carry. Sorry, but, um, sorry, sorry. Yes, I am a hunter, so I do own guns. So I'm not like super freaked out about them. I mean, yeah. I hate guns. Like, I am super freaked out about them. I have been my whole life. I don't love them. You hate the culture of. But like, I have. I yeah. yeah, and even even though I've been shooting my pretty much my whole life, it they still terrify me always. Like holding them, I have a hard time in movies when there's like a gun pointing at, at the screen, as if mm. there's a character off screen. Uh-huh. Do not not a gun fan, even though. They are a useful tool in my life. Um, but I have dated a few people shortly who like concealed carry on the regular and I'm just not into it. I don't like it's like all I can think about like when we're in the Applebee's at Trivia Night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like this person has a gun on their belt. Yeah. That is loaded. That is loaded. And like, no. And you know I what? Just... In our state, we have, in not in our state, excuse me, in New Hampshire, concealed carry is a thing. So mm-hmm. you're like, all sorts of people, yeah, you know, here at the Hannaford this afternoon have a gun like on their hip or, you know, in their boot. And yeah. you're just, it's just, it's not something I'm looking for, let's just say. Yeah. Anyway. All okay. Right. So, what about you? Red flag? All right. So, my red flag this week is like coded body language. Um, like, I get, uh-huh. I, I don't always know. It's hard to tell what people mean by what they say with this. Yeah, 100%. Me. What does so, real mean for yeah, sure? Yeah. Like, and a lot of this to me comes across as very, like, fat phobic. Yeah. Or, like, they don't want to say they're looking for somebody with a smaller body size. They're trying to yeah. find other ways of saying it. So some yeah. of this language is someone who takes care of themselves. That's uh-huh. one you see a lot. Or yeah. someone who lives a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Or someone who lives an active lifestyle mm-hmm. with, like, no other... information yeah totally and to me that's like almost always a a swipe left because if somebody like who has a bigger body i'm like i'm not willing to like Mm -hmm. do that yeah i'm gonna take care of myself i don't need to put myself i am active i do take care of myself and i live a healthy lifestyle but Mm -hmm. i still feel like it's very clearly like and that could be really unfair i don't even know right but it totally screams like i want your body to look a certain way right i'm trying to police like how you present physically Mm -hmm. in this way because i know it's not it's not like nice to say so i'm going to use this like coded language or or it reflects poorly on me if i'm like i don't want to date a fatty right so i would never say that but i'm going to like imply it every way i can in Mm -hmm. these like culturally acceptable ways Mm -hmm. been a lot of tiktoks about this a lot of tiktoks revealing like coded language we'll toss some Mm -hmm. of those into our um feed for this week yeah it's funny like the whole like fat phobia thing to me like i can deal with it if somebody is like 
I mean, I'm not ever into it, but there's like in one way, <laughs> people never, don't want to date. I'm never into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People don't like want to date fat people. And I don't know what that's all about because I can't get into their head. But I think what I always fear is like getting into a relationship where I'm there for somebody's external validation. Like our relationship is not here to make you feel like you have accomplished something because of how I look, no matter what that is. Yeah. And that fucking pisses me off. And honestly, like I used to have this fantasy as a as a child that um this was before I was actually fat, but I was always <laughs> I always thought I wanted to wear like a lot of really bulky clothes on a date so that I could like figure out if the guy really liked me for me and mm-hmm. then I would like reveal myself as mm-hmm. like this fucking unicorn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like what a weird fantasy. But I was yeah. like, I basically wanna be I watched a lot of Roseanne and as you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about before I loved John Goodman, but I always wanted to like show up like looking like Roseanne or something and then be like, actually, I'm a supermodel. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, you won. Which, you know, also has a lot of weird body shit. So many. But is reflective of the culture, though. It is. Like your fantasies are a full and perfect reflection of Mm -hmm. the culture. And I think and like, my counterculture-ness too. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Fuck that. Yeah. But also, I'm hundred percent in it. It's yeah. Kind of makes sense why some people want to build a connection before they meet in person. You know mm-hmm. why? It's how some people are like annoyed that people want to text before they meet, or want or text too much before they meet, or want to talk too much before they meet. And what if there's no connection physically? And other people are like, I feel like I really need to build some sort of emotional or mental connection with you before we introduce the physical. And so those are all things to negotiate Mm -hmm. in that kind of world. But I also think the the reverse is equally depressing, which is seeing all of the stuff on on these dating apps about how like men want a thick woman or they want Mm -hmm. like thickness that looks a specific way. And a lot of that is just like fetishizing our bodies. And we're like, you don't actually want to talk to me or know me. You just Mm want to fuck me or you just want to fuck me when I look a certain way or you're looking to get it in if my ass is this shape Mm -hmm. or if I'm like large but in a in a very specific hourglass or if I'm large everywhere except for my my abdomen or or if I've spent time in the gym to like create a shape of the body that is like most pleasing to you. And it's so dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. And it is so such a deletion of all of the other things that we have to bring to someone. And it's just another reminder of how oftentimes we go into relationships as as women. And I'm sure this happens to people of all genders. So I just want to be sure to make space for that. We go into relationships and just feel used for something that our body performs or does not perform. Or how can we be used in a relationship for the benefit of our partner? And that can come, not to make this into a bigger thing, but it can come in the form of emotional caretaking. It could come in the form of physical caretaking. It could come in the form of like sexual caretaking. But what are the ways in which we can essentially be like, Sometimes I feel sometimes it feels capitalistic to me. Like how are you able to just like transactionally eat me up and mm-hmm. like use me? Um yeah, what is Which is gained? dark and depressing. Yeah. yeah, like it's just so sad, but that is sometimes how it feels in in uh in heterosexual connections. I'd love to know if this is representative at all in any um queer relationships. Yeah, and also I think of like, you know, the spectrum of like ability as well. And, oh, like, ability, hundred percent. You, you know, ability, disability. Um, I yeah. 
I can't imagine what it's like to try and navigate that too, you know? Yeah. Did you like, ever read what coded language is there for, I mean, I think oh, people yeah. don't think Active about lifestyle, it. Active like, lifestyle, 100%. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Have you ever read Sonia Renee Taylor's book, um, Your Body is Not an Apology? No. So one of the things that blew my mind in that book, as we're talking about ability, that she said that, I, like, I just was like, oh my God, that is so interesting, is that we don't owe anyone health. That, mm-hmm. like... In any relationship, you are bringing many things to the table and people are often doing a lot of like concern trolling and on fat people all across the globe. Like, I just want you to be healthy. I just want you to live a long life. I just want you to whatever. So I'm going to berate you publicly until you like break down mentally. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I'm going to treat you like absolute garbage because I want the best for you. But that honestly, when we even break into that, like we don't owe health to anyone. You are still a productive and incredible member of society regardless of of how healthy you are yeah like your existence is valid your existence is valid worthy exactly like you are still a beautiful person to be in a relationship with and I mean beautiful outside of like physical but I just mean like you are a great person to be in a relationship with whether you are healthy or not if you are chronically ill you still deserve love Mm -hmm. like if you're you know and I just never thought about that idea like we don't owe anyone health like when people make the use that as a as an argumentative sort of piece or as some way to explain their behavior that it's still it's it's still invalid yeah that demanding health of another person because if you invalid. were quote unquote first of all you can't tell somebody's health by looking at them no matter what that's right but also if you were to use like that same argument against somebody who like had cancer it just like immediately does not hold up like right yeah but even then like people who are like you are expected to treat your cancer in the way that eradicates your cancer. Whereas somebody who may treat, who Mm -hmm. may decide that they want to actually just like move forward in their life and death without doing treatments, you know, that there is a a valid invalid spectrum of belief Mm -hmm. on that choice as well. And that you, that, that person doesn't owe anyone remission. You know, that person gets to have sovereignty over their body in all ways. Do they though? Do they though is the fucking question. (laughs) I mean, they don't now, like there's certainly a, body sovereignty question Mm -hmm. prescient to all of our lives at this moment but anyway um yeah and so someone doesn't on the spectrum of body size like we don't owe you no one owes you or anyone else or even yourself like a specific body size or honestly we don't owe each other desirability yeah (laughs) like and we don't right and we don't even we don't owe anybody a desire to change our body size there's a lot of expectation that like oh if you're fat you must you must be on your way to somewhere else in one direction or another or and what what way are you headed and oh if you're apologetic about it and you go to the gym regularly then maybe I can date you exactly Mm -hmm. yeah totally if you if you're self-aware about how your body is problematic then I suppose I can (laughs) date you like if you show enough shame about your body then then I can date you because then I can be there's also a power structure there too like I can always be like no 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 trust me you're attractive to me (laughs) or whatever I don't Mm -hmm. know this is getting really deep in yeah yeah uh, like we should tough come tunnel. back up for air because yeah, um, we could we could keep digging down on our own yeah exactly 100 percent. we could do an entire uh, podcast just about dating while fat did you did we do your red flag we, we did red flag but okay. we haven't done green flags so ashley tell me about some of your green or green flag that you've come across i found a really adorable green flag this oh, week okay. um so i would just like you to describe this photo as a green flag 
<sighs> All right. So this is a man who looks very tall, even though it's just of his face. I know. Yeah. Something about him looks extremely tall. Yeah. He, he is has, very tall, by the way. He has like a long, almost like Jason Segel-esque face, mm-hmm. like in terms of shape. Mm-hmm. And he has like a little blondie brownie beard mustache situation. He has very blue eyes. That are kind of dolorous in their way. I don't want to say even man. <laughs> Outside of my vocab. Like, um, like they sort of turn down and he looks a little like dum de dum Like he has looks, a little dum yeah. dum like Eeyore flavor. Yeah. In a sweet like, way. Yeah. And and one of his eyes is like slightly akimbo. Like just yeah. slightly. Um, he has one eyebrow raised. Like he looks like very approachable and like like gentle. Yeah. And he is wearing like a, a little crown that is quilted. Mm-hmm. Like a fabric crown. That looks like somebody's nana made it. It's like yeah. very like different kind of like ditzy florals and like some neckties mixed in there and like a teapot motif. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like homemade Ren fair little crown. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is uh, some windows behind him with plants and then some upside down drying flowers in the background. Mm-hmm. The reason this is a green flag is that the caption to this photo, first of all, this, this photo is the respo- is a response to the prompt, me during fashion week. Oh. And so he's wearing it. It's also too small for his head. Yes. I'll just say it's like a little too small for his head. So me during fashion week. And then the caption of it is, my dad has an extensive hat collection and I have a very large head. <laughs> <laughs> and it's was so precious that I swiped the right way immediately. <laughs> I swiped the good way. Um, and he didn't respond to me. <laughs> so I feel tragic. like it's like 90% of the time. Like, yeah. But really cute. He's really cute. I know. Little angel. That is a great, great caption. Wonderful mm-hmm. green flag. Mm-hmm. Very specific. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. You know what it is? It's, it was something just that was so like inviting and gentle and a little silly about himself and the writing is actually great like it's like two succinct sentences that make you laugh that Mm -hmm. are like tight they're like good and uh and was just precious and the fact that he would put that little crown on was just so cute so that and was i feel like flag. this is exactly i can't remember which episode it was but in another episode you said one of your green flags was like self-deprecating humor yeah totally and yep. but it, this is a perfect illustration of it because it's not really self-deprecating it's not like right it's not cutting he's not himself. like hey guess what i'm a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> right. but it's this little like i don't take myself like oh i don't take myself oh, too seriously I know. there's my oh, red oh, flag oh. but like <laughs> In this yes, way, yeah. like I'm, I'm gonna like toss out like a little teasy thing about, and it just gives you a sense of his humor yeah. and the fact that he's he's being. I don't know. I just don't want to say anything. I know. <laughs> well, and his ego, but. his ego is clearly like healthy. That he's like, I know I'm cute, and also I'm funny, and I and also and I have this like. Silly this is thing ridiculous about me. Yeah, Look exactly. at the size of my head. Yeah, and I'm totally in a non-sexual way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And and it's like I'm still attractive. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. I love that one. What about you? You have a green flag. Yeah, I mean, my green flag is pretty basic, but I always think it's a good sign when somebody's like. This is going to seem weird after our conversation about body, but like when somebody's really upfront about what they're working on on themselves, like mm-hmm. are not necessarily specifically, but just that they're like engaged in self work in some way. Mm-hmm. For me, that that tends to be more like inner self work. Mm-hmm. So I'm not looking for somebody who's like, yeah, I'm trying to lose seventy pounds or like going to the gym, and it's fine if they are. Mm-hmm. But 
that to me just like says a lot like yeah because it is very important to me like we all have our shit but it is always important to me that like people be trying to discover that shit and yeah. like work on it or acknowledge it um so yeah i mean self-awareness flag. is like the biggest green flag ever yeah i also think like regarding our our body talk it's also important that like if somebody is a really active person who like runs around on the mountains and like it like loves to like go for like 50 mile bike rides and they're looking for a partner to do that with i Mm -hmm. don't want to ever say that i think that's not okay like i think that is totally fine i think just be explicit about what you're talking about right and it's the vague language that becomes it's the coded language that is saying i don't want to date a fat person that we have a problem with if you want to like be with somebody who you can do like like intense athletics with that is excellent and you should just say that and yeah and there is literally nothing wrong with that also if you are engaged in a weight loss like totally. process it just that shouldn't is be based on what fine. other people's expectations of you like right. do the thing for yourself whatever yeah. it is right um and that is sexy yeah you know? <laughs> right like... exactly and like just don't demand it of other people is all it is yeah. it's again just body sovereignty straight away oh, like yeah, yeah. What a nice concept i know Wow. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I know we went down kind of some good rabbit holes this week. Um, Let us know any of your thoughts on anything that we talked about. Yeah, send us anything you want us to know. Send us any good local gossip that you've got, uh, any dating stories or ridiculous uh, screenshots. Screenshots, yeah. We're down. Or your feelings on body sovereignty yeah oh my god actually we yeah. don't want to hear it there's only <laughs> um, one answer to that yeah, unless we would swipe the good way on your feelings about some body sovereignty don't send them <laughs> yes and may your week be filled with swiping the good way yeah, exactly i hope you get swiped the good way a bunch of times <laughs> babe patrol is created and hosted by lauren audette and ashley bliss and is produced by steph george if you need an audio producer find her website in the show notes this podcast is brought to you by no one as of right now but if you would like to advertise with us please reach out we are interested in absolutely anybody but if you own a place where gossip happens then you completely should be advertising with us email us at baypatrolpod at gmail.com as a listener you can also support us at patreon.com slash baypatrolpod and get some extra goodies there for your trouble and if you can't support us with dollars we ask that you like us rate us five stars and review us wherever you listen to us it helps people find us and gossip with us Find us on Instagram at Bay Patrol Pod and send us any hot gossip tips or dating stories to our email, which again is baypatrolpod at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, busybodies. Bye.